Welcome into TFW Live, the best kept secret in fantasy football, where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. This is episode 316, where we're going to be taking a look at all the injury news and nuggets from around the NFL headed into week two with Mojo's very own Dalton Kate. I'm Austin Sear. I'm joined by my best friends. You know the bunch, Johnny Game Time Hicks and Big Travi. Let's get these two over here. And of course, a big welcome to you, Whisper Nation. What up, Albert? What's going on, Jersey J, Ronald Calla, all our True Blues coming in. Donnie Tubbs is out doing wedding stuff today. Miss you guys. Miss you all the time. Best of luck with the big day coming up. Yeah. A lot grateful yeah. for over there, Donnie. And we got a lot to be grateful for here, especially for our members over on YouTube who support the show through a monthly subscription. Shout outs to Gus Ramos, Pizza Belly, Dom Capel, Bailey Ziegler, Kevin Dobby, Nick. Brett Zabo, John Credit, Eric Lorenzen, Donnie Tubbs, Jersey J, and Hannibal. If you'd like to join our growing list of YouTube members, just click join next to the YouTube video. You can do it right now. Shout out as well to our patrons who have been supporting the show throughout TFW's tenure. Our first Patreon giveaway of the regular season is coming up next week. So get on over to patreon.com slash the fantasy whispers and sign up today. Thank you also to those who subscribed or followed us on social media. We appreciate the connection. Jeremy Rose, Arib Raham, Mary Larson, Matt Pritzel, Mizenko.teeth, Clark Addison, Vintage, S. Day Hillen 35, AK Red, and BK Pato. And if you love fantasy football and would enjoy being a part of a community where you know that you belong, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. We're trying to get just one more subscriber on this stream right here. Just one more could be you. And if you are new, let us know where you're streaming in from. We'd love to shout you out on the show. As mentioned, though, on today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest, our friend and colleague from the fantasy football space, Mojo's football analyst, Dalton Cates. Let's bring him on board. What's going Ooh. on, Dalton? Ooh. Let's go, guys. I love the intro. I love the applause. It makes me feel so welcome here. So you are welcome here. Yes, always. Yeah, we don't we don't say anything we don't believe. So we are very, very excited and eager to have you here. And we got a few questions before we jump into the news and notes, Dalton. We got a couple of questions. Just wanted to get your take on who we're week two coming in. Um, so I'll go ahead and just kick it off here. Which player? Has gotten you kind of the most bummed out. We're going to start with the negative side first. Who's gotten you kind of bummed out one week and one and two Thursday night games in? Uh, Damian Pierce. <laughs> Seeing 29% of the snaps and we expected him to be the main guy. Um, that's that's very concerning, especially because Rex Burkhead is like not exactly the greatest running back. And he, yeah. like we also, we also. Not exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Like, the thing is, like, we thought that there is also a potential role for Pierce to be a receiver. No, Burkhead's running like 80% of the routes there. Um, and also the crazy thing about that was they were up like 17 points against the Colts and the Texans have the lowest win total according to Vegas. So they're very unlikely to be in those situations a lot. So it was literally like, the perfect scenario for Damian Pierce to kind of like you know, take the league by storm and, and make this his backfield and kind of produce. And then that didn't happen. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Optimistic moving forward, or are you trying to jump ship? 
that arm challenge shit for sure. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're I, out. I was on him like like at first, but like the thing is like he, he might like get more role as as the year continues. That tends to happen with rookies, right? But like it's also an offense in which it looks like he's probably not going to be utilized much as a receiver, which is like extremely important for fantasy value. He's also on a team that's not that good, so they're probably not going to yeah. be in situations for him to score a ton too. So it's kind of this like worse like damien harris type role that he still hasn't even mm. got yet um yeah. that that we're kind of looking at for him so I'm, I'm definitely i'm definitely concerned mm. yeah so you said you weren't really in on damien pierce but which player were you kind of in on the most which player were you reaching the most for coming in and how are you feeling about that player now all my guys that i reached on for like they had a bad week one but i'm, I'm still <laughs> <laughs> all right okay all right kyle pitts has to be my biggest one <laughs> oh uh, Travis, you know that one i'm a big guy too yeah i didn't get him in like i basically just like i i feel disgusting looking at my fantasy team and it doesn't have kyle pitts on it um i just what he what he did as a rookie was was just so impressive it was historic like nobody's ever done that and we've seen guys like kelsey and gronk and literally any elite tight end ever in fantasy jimmy graham like none of these guys really touched what kyle pitts did so it shows that kyle pitts ceiling is like it's crazy to say but like it's probably like better than those guys and now he's in he's in a situation in an offense and where like it's probably gonna limit him a a ton yeah he had 19 yards last week, but also if we look at like some of like the underlying things that were at play, like we can still like be very confident that Kyle Pitts is going to crush. He's got seven targets, which tied the league um, or tied the team in targets there with Drake London. Um, he's being utilized in in line, slot, out yes, wide. Love to see that. Yeah, that's what, that's a big. So I think that part of it is, is definitely encouraging. Um, he was getting targeted on 25% of his routes run, um, which is also encouraging. And also, again, the Falcons, like, just like we mentioned, Damian Pierce was in a situation which was perfect for him from a game script perspective. The exact opposite was for the Falcons. They were up 16 points in the fourth quarter to uh, the Saints. Cordell Patterson ran the ball 22 times. That is not going to happen again. They're going to be in much more passive situations in the future. And also the thing is like heading into the season, we knew that Kyle Pitts was very likely to be the guy that teams kind of focused on. And naturally, like as we know Drake London is, is probably going to be a very good player, but also might take a few weeks for teams to start to focus on Drake London a ton. And the moment that starts happening, that's going to open things up for Kyle Pitts, like Marshawn Lattimore was on Kyle Pitts. It just shows the respect the teams have for him. So again, I'm not concerned about him. We know in this offense, there's going to be some week to week things that happen with Kyle Pitts. Underlying stuff's good. He's still a freaking superstar. Like Kyle Pitts is still going to crash. I have, I have no doubts he's, he's going to be fun. Love it. All right. After one week, who is the player that is going to win people championships this year? Wow. Um, Saquon Barkley, right? It has to be. Saquon. Yeah, that has to be Saquon. I think, I think it has to be Saquon. Saquon. Um, I think it yeah, I think the, the thing was, I think I think people are too concerned about his, the last three seasons. But when, when you look at it and you look into context of what actually happened in each season, it's very easy to see why he wasn't good. Yeah. He had a high ankle sprain. 
in his second year. And we know historically guys coming back off high ankle sprains tend to not be productive. It's one of those like injuries that, that lingers with you and you cannot really get back to 100% if you have one during the season. Second year trace ACL, we know guys first year off their ACL tend to not be productive, tends to take like roughly like 18 months for them to be like 100% back to where they were prior. So if we look at all those things in context, like, and we looked how good Saquon Barkley was as a rookie um, and everything coming out with the new system, new scheme, um, like, and then also looking at what happened this week, like he ran more routes than any wide receiver. Like he was the number one uh, route runner. Yeah, on the dude, that's so crazy. It's not crazy if like he's the he's like the leading receiver for the Giants here yep. on top of what we saw for them. They have a, they've improved offensive line. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it looks like Saquon just like, he's the focal point of that offense. And we saw him crush as a rookie. Like why can't he not do it again uh, yeah. this year? That's a great answer. It seems like it. all of the check boxes we were hoping and thinking were going to be checked, hoping they were going to be checked are in fact checked. So that is looking really good wasn't looking as good for the chargers to finish out yesterday's game but boy it was a fun one before we jump into the news and notes from around the league we're going to be taking a look at the recap from kansas city's three-point victory over the chargers in kansas city last night don we'll just stay with you how did you feel about the game initial takeaways top thoughts yeah, I think I think it was definitely encouraging to see Mike Williams like bounce back. Like I, I don't think there was really too much of a concern with that, but the fact that he did, it's just always good to get um, reconfirmation on that. Um, the player I'm, I'm most excited about, and I love seeing, was Gerald Everett. Like, I think Gerald Everett's like that that tight end that if you drafted late, yeah. like he's gonna be the guy. We know there's a lot of guys in that range, especially this year, like Irv Smith, Cole Komet, um, Mike Isecki. Like, there's so many judges. Um, yeah dude, literally so like basically anybody you draft in that range is probably disappointing and that also leaves this like massive need for like some sort of tight end at least on a not not necessarily on a weekly basis to be productive but like have splash weeks to where they they can do things for your lineup and it certainly looks like gerald everett can be and is probably going to be that guy like he he was kind of that guy with the rams the issue was he was splitting with tyler higby so he never really had this full role to himself and the thing is that makes it extremely interesting for everett is he was getting targeted in over 25 percent of its routes run this game and he was also involved a little bit in the week prior and that was with keenan allen so it looks like he's actually he's probably like the the four right behind eckler keenan and mike williams um, and he was getting targeted ahead of Josh Palmer, which is extremely encouraging. Um, and when he's running routes on the field, it's extremely exciting to see him being targeted um, um, and efficient on this play. So, yeah, I, I, I he love that. We, really good. He looked we really talked good. about Everett with Hayden Winks last week before this game, and we were, I mean, he was a popular waiver wire pickup, and more, more good stuff on the way. Travi, taking a look here specifically at the quarterbacks, We'll take a quick stab at each position on both sides, working through yesterday's game. You know, we had a bet slip going out last night. We had the over on the half interception from a Holmes. Of he had the three all got called three back. Three called back, dude. <laughs> Should have had some amazing plays. I, I know. You've got to feel good about the logic, not so much about the outcome. Herbert cracked 
cartilage, ribs, something like that. His midsection is a little bit banged up, but you're happy with the three touchdowns, the 334 yards. Don't necessarily love the damaged rib cage, rib cartilage, whatever we're going to call it. Patrick Mahomes, a little bit disappointing of a home performance, still ended up getting it done. Not five touchdowns going up against Cliff Kingsbury's Cardinals was a more difficult defense, and it looked like it was for Mahomes as well. But how are you feeling here about the quarterbacking positions, both in this game and a bit looking forward? Yeah, we got some big things to think about here. Obviously, Herbert gets 10 days, but he's got broken rib cartilage that was announced today. So we'll have to see how he deals with that. I like that he stepped back in, and but you could tell he was hurt. I mean, he, he threw a touchdown and he threw a dart to Carter down the seam that we talked about a little bit off air here. But yeah, that looked good for Herbert. I'd be interested to see what he's like coming back from this. If we look at the other side, Mahomes, I think this is probably pretty par for the course. You can get the big games, the five touchdown games, and you can get the 20 point games. You know, I think that's going to happen this year because of all the differences on offense. And when you face a, a, a good defense, like, man, the Chargers defense is, is really loaded at all three levels. So I think that had a lot to do with it, too. Um, but I, I just think, you know, in this AFC West, there's going to be so many opportunities. So I'm feeling pretty much good about the quarterbacks other than Herbert's injury. You know, I, I think that's definitely something that could add a wrinkle to what we think about that offense and what we think about him. John, I want to talk to you here about the running backs. You have really had a nose to the grindstone on a lot of these guys, especially Clyde Edwards, Alaire. You can see him highlighted in yellow because he is rostered on my Fantasy Whispers Listener League lineup, as well as Isaiah Pacheco. Happy with the 16.8 points. Not sure if I love the eight carries, the four receptions. We bet the over on both the receptions and the yards. But we said Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa coming at. Patrick Mahomes was likely going to encourage some dump-off routes. Not sure if we can bank on CEH's role in the passing game being consistent especially with Jarek McKinnon coming in and getting that passing touchdown. Am I looking at it right or am I overblowing it? And then would love to get your take over on the Chargers side where you just hit the nail on the fucking head about Austin Eckler and his expected production out of last night. We hit all of our bet slips on the Eckler points. Well, we uh, well, I did the receiving yards. We were a little off on. Oh, no, we're off. No, yeah, we're not. We, I, I had to leave early. Yeah, you were wrong. Yeah, yeah I was wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, I don't, tell me about why you were so yeah. wrong. Well, because <laughs> we were right and spot on until the fourth quarter. We weren't uh, when 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 it went south for us and they hit Eckler and he had a major dude. He had a, like a, a major uh, reception. He was stuck around like 27 for a long time. Um, so it was looking good, and then it started to not look so good. Well, and two, in case in point, they got <laughs> I really down. Didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, they got down in this game, and then they you started to see a lot of dump offs uh, to Eckler. So well, uh, you know, and even that last drive, not to cut you off, Johnny, but where yeah. Herbert got hurt, he he was dumping off to Eckler too, and I think that could yeah. be in play as well. Yeah. So we got a good with Eckler, ten receptions. Like yeah, that was okay. A, yeah, he he started, fourteen carries. Like I said, he got he got six of those uh, in the fourth quarter. So, yeah. um, but it is what it is. We were yeah definitely wrong on that one. Uh, and that but Ch we did smash that one. We got that we one did. right. Uh, it is cons- it was interesting on Twitter and Travis could speak to this. You know, strategy wise, sure. You know, like and you look at statistically, Ch uh, would be probably considered a sell high right now. Mm-hmm. Travis made a good point on Twitter, though, saying like, well, we drafted him in, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth round. 
And so he's doing exactly what you wanted in that pick. And so, you know, strategy wise, it is an interesting conversation on what exactly do you do with CEH? Um, there were some things that you didn't like, you know, he got stuffed on a one yarder, but so did Isaiah Pacheco. Um, and, and so, so did AJ Dillon. Right. And so you have, <laughs> you do have like this, like trifecta of running backs. I think long-term I'm still putting my chips on Pacheco at, you know, season end. I think that's who you want, but certainly right now, CEH is looking like the, the player that you wanted when you drafted him. Yeah, I saw Dwayne McFarland. Uh, you respond to Dwayne McFarland, Travi, and then I think Dwayne got you back. Where you, you know, I know how big you've been on Ceh, and I've actually trailed you a little bit. Maybe that's why he's on my listener league lineup right now. But Dwayne's point was, if you can get an RB one for Pacheco or like a high volume receiver, then you take yeah. that. If you can't get premium value, enjoy the that, production he's given you. I think that's where we're at, though, is that we all have the expectation that CEH sucks. That's why we're all saying yeah. sell high. Yeah. So who is really going to, in their right mind, going to turn around in that same thread? Uh, Dwayne's buddy and pal over uh, Brian Drake asked him, okay, well, we're in the, you know, we're in the FFC league together. Trade me uh, Cortland Sutton for him. And he's like, pound sand, get out of here. I'm not giving you that. Well, th that's what we're talking about. So other than that, like, you're not, gonna, I'm not going to do a lateral move for CEH when he's on an offense that he, he can score right. two touchdowns a game on. But I, I, I agree. I'm not saying don't sell high on any player, but I think CEH is doing better than we expected when we drafted him where we did. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Kicking over now to the wide receivers, Dalton. We saw Mike Williams show up and show out. Keenan Allen missing time with that leg injury. We kind of expected Mike Williams to step in. That's what I know the Chargers were hoping. And boy, did he. Eight for 10, 113 yards. Had a beautiful touchdown. Palmer and Carter also came in and provided some meaningful reps on the Chargers side of the ball. Then on the Kansas City side of the ball, it's been a bit of a committee approach there. Juju Smith-Schuster, presumed number one target, just 10 yards. Mecole Hardman flashed some of his speed, you know, but nobody it looks like besides, well, MVS there again, seven receptions. He's been kind of sneakily involved. More, but more before I get too far down it, any, what's it, what's it? any takes any? from you, Dalton, here on the wide receivers from the Chargers and the Chiefs in Thursday night's game? How are you feeling about them? Yeah, for, I'll, I'll do the Chiefs first. I think um, – I think Marcus Valdez Scantling's usage, he's running the most routes of any uh, wide receiver on the Chiefs. Um, I think that's interesting. Um, I do also think we've probably seen some of his worst games. Like Mal Marcus Valdez Scantling is going to be this guy who he's going to have a week where he just goes like five for like 120 and like a touchdown. Like it, yeah. that, that, that's going to happen for him. But these weeks are like this that we saw are also going to happen. He's a high variance player. But one thing that's been really interesting so far with his role here with the Chiefs versus with the Packers was the last couple of years, nobody in, in the NFL had an average depth of target deeper than Marcus Valdez-Scantling. And now uh, through his first game, he had, um, he had, like, a, he had like a five – a dot and then then this week he goes ahead and he has a what was his uh his is is increased a little bit to 11.4 but there's like there's like a penalty on one of them and all this stuff so it wasn't like he was like really close to connecting on that so it looks like he's transitioning back to um more of a deeper role but they're also like utilizing him in the intermediate routes which is which is a little bit 
um, more exciting for his role. But again, he he's not somebody I'm like extremely high on. But again, like the usage does suggest that there's going to be some big weeks there. I think Juju, some guy I'm still interested in. Like I know he had a down game, but his usage the first week was extremely promising. He has been really good in the NFL in the past. Um, and I, I, again, I think I think it's going to be Kelsey's the main guy, and there's going to be this plethora of. Juju, Hardman, Marcus Valdez-Scantling are kind of the guys there. And one of those guys is going to have a week each week. I do think Juju is most likely to have those weeks on a week-to-week basis. And then like Marcus Valdez-Scantling and Hardman also like is not being utilized a ton. But when he's on the field, he's getting targeted at like a 20% clip when he's running routes, which I guess is encouraging for when he is on the field. Um, on the Chargers side of things, like, yeah, Mike, Mike Williams, like, ran the most routes uh or actually no he did not run the most routes. He, him, him and josh palmer like ran uh simultaneous routes josh palmer is going to be that guy that every single week is going to see be on the field be running routes the biggest concern with him is he doesn't get targeted at a high rate when it comes to these routes like if you had told me that he had ran 49 routes and he had eight targets like that's okay but like it with keenan out like you kind of would have expected a little more from that you'd have hoped he'd been you know north of 20 percent on those and that that's the thing with palmer in his rookie years he didn't necessarily like show that he was able to to garner targets when he was running routes on the field and i think that's the difference between josh palmer being like this really consistent like wide receiver three wide receiver two um and then when keenan comes back he's probably just going to be this very inconsistent wide receiver who's going to have big games and then some weeks is not like similar to like a Marcus Valdez Scantling. Like he's mm-hmm. like Marcus Valdez Scantling of the Chargers, but it's more stable when it's slower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that take on these with the feel all that. And then we touched a bit on Everett. Excited to see what he continues to bring to the table. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey, even if he's being spinal tapped, which was just kind of cool to see. <laughs> Yeah. Marvel characters, you know, flash yeah. humanity for a moment. That was yeah. refreshing. And DeAndre Hopkins loved starting him. You could see him in that nice yellow for me with another disappointing six. Fuck that, man. Anyways, moving now on to our news and notes. We've got the Arizona Cardinals coming up first because A is at the top of the alphabet. Zach Ertz, Rondale Moore, both on the concerned list looking for but little bit feeling feeling better about Zacher. it's not listed on arizona's final week two injury report johnny man as cardinals fans we've been really excited to see rondale Moore utilized in a yeah. more consistent fashion we heard cliff kingsbury was too but then rondale Moore's hamstring said uh change of plans he's going to be out this week what do you expect after Zach Ertz had 60% snap share, caught a touchdown, but didn't have a ton of action coming off that calf injury? He should be a little bit more healthy. What are you feeling about his workload week two? And then Rondell Moore is out. Any other pass catchers you've got a special eye on in Arizona? So first off, Zach Ertz, I'll touch on this. He should be good to go this week. You're rolling him out. It's a tight end position, but this this week, yeah, I know that the usage was down last week. Uh, but uh, they talked to uh, Steve Kime on the radio, and he informed us Zach Ertz is good to go, and that they look to get him more involved this week. And I expect that, right? When you're looking at going up against the Raiders' uh, pass rush that we have, expect Kyler to get the ball out quickly. So I expect a lot of dump offs to running backs as well as Zach Ertz as a safety blanket. 
And then, like you said, uh, Moore is out. If there is someone that I, you know, dart throw, Greg Dortch, he is, you know, torched yeah he's people have been talking him up all you know all training camp since we traded for him or picked him up off waivers um and then so I, that would be the sneaky play for me is is dorch mm. but it should there's only going to be three wide receivers so that's the other thing is why i think zach Ertz is also going to get funneled a lot is because the only three healthy wide receivers we got are aj green right now uh hollywood brown and dorch there we go. Moving on now to the Atlanta Falcons. Dalton, you talked about Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Love to get your take here on the halfback situation. Damian Williams is going to be out for week two. I'm not sure how much of an impact this makes, but I would just still would like to hear your take on the running game there in Atlanta after Coriel Patterson, who is such an interesting question mark coming into drafts, is now looking like a steal if you were one of those few who picked him up. Yeah, I think I think Cordell's gonna be gonna be a fun, interesting play. I do think we probably saw his his ceiling uh, last week, and I, I think I think the biggest reason was because right when so Damian Williams actually came into the year, and the reports out of camp was like he was going to be like the main running back getting rushing carries, and then it was gonna be Cordero like in this Swiss Army like we're gonna utilize him out wide in the slot, like also have him like rush the ball a little bit. But then Damian Williams on his second carry goes down. Their only other active running back, I I actually don't know. The, I I think the guy's name is Anders. I actually don't know his name. But the thing is, he's a, he's a converted <laughs> quarterback who plays special teams. So he's not like necessarily like an actual running back. He's like more special teams player that can. Let's go another like, fantasy uh, glitch. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like if you guys know anything about him, let me know because I, no. I don't know anything about him. No. That's the only thing is I know he's a converted cornerback who who's plays special teams and he's not necessarily a running back. So when Cordell Patterson is technically the only like running back that's like legitimately like available that you're going to utilize. That's why he saw such a massive workload. Now, Tyler Algier is going to be active this week. So I, I wouldn't expect him to be in the same role that Damian Williams was likely going to be, but he's definitely probably going to be involved in some way, shape or form five, six, seven, eight carries. Like last year, Cordell Patterson was dealing with guys like Quadre Olison and Mike Davis and, Um, those guys, and he still wasn't seeing like this massive rushing workload. And it, the games in which he was seeing that was the games in which they were actually like winning. So he averaged like 7.8 carries per game in games they lost and like 11.9 in ones they won. Well, last week they were up 16 points. So it's like that's a, that's part of the reason why we saw such this big game. But I'm really encouraged to see if they're going to utilize any game in which they're down now, how much are they utilizing Cordell Patterson? Because it did look like just based on usage and a limited sample was after Kyle Pitts in London, like Patterson is the guy, which is definitely encouraging. And it looks like he's going to be utilized. So I'm really encouraged about Patterson and seeing how his receiving role um, works in this game. And also curious to see if he can, if he doesn't like totally um, like lose some of that rushing to, to Tyler Algier. The Atlanta Falcons are like full of freaks. It turns out, like, like, like you know what I mean, like, like, like Island of Misfit Toys, Freak Nats, like weird stuff yeah. going on over there. We got converted corner or quarterbacks. I don't even know which one he said. It doesn't even matter. Converted then to special teams, and then back to now he's a running back. We got Kyle Pitts, who's supposed to be in a mythical petting zoo. Now he's playing tight end. <laughs> you know, as, as a, because as as a unicorn, as we all of course know, we've got uh, uh, Cordero Patterson. I don't even know, like you're, you're another spaceship turned 
turned halfback, turned wide receiver. I don't know how sleepers identifying him. You know what I mean? And and yeah, it just seems all kind of weird stuff going on in Atlanta, but it is fun to watch. And we're going to keep doing that. See what comes up. Travi, we got very fast. Velas Jones is going to be hitting your bench really fast because he's out for week two up against Getting the, the retirement home already. You know, this, yeah, this isn't a really big subject. We haven't, you know, kind of in dynasty and other deeper formats thinking about Velas, you're not really considering him for general redraft, but this is just my excuse to get us talking a little bit about the bears offense, Travi going up against our Packers weird game in that, in that monsoon game over there in soldier field, weather doesn't look to be as wild. What do you expect out of Justin Fields here, Travis, any any extra pop for maybe like a Cole Komet who wasn't awesome in week one or anybody else you're keeping an eye out for? Yeah, I mean, I want to see Komet's usage because like as Dalton was talking about at the top of the show, it was a guy that we were drafting late because he was supposed to be guaranteed all this usage. And in the monsoon game, he was not. <laughs> he, he was basically not used at all. So we'll see that. I also put Darnell Mooney as a fade this week. You know, you look at the last time that he played against Jair in Green Bay with Field as the quarterback. Uh, with Fields as a quarterback, one catch for 19 yards. So I'm fading my guy Darnell Mooney this week. I want to see what his usage is like. I, it's not like I'm panicking fully, but I want to see what he looks like, and I, I can't trust him in this game. As far as Fields go, I expect him to have a good game. I don't mind starting him here. I mean, in that game where we're making excuses for Trey Lance, Justin Fields had some broken plays. He had some run uh, rushing. He had some ability to make plays, and that's what you're starving for on this Bears offense. And then if you look at what he did against our Green Bay Packers last year, uh, 74 rushing yards on nine carries with 200-plus mm. yards went, with, you know, with Nagy's offense. So you like that, and I think he could probably get somewhere. I think you know that's, that's the part of the Packers defense I could see could be susceptible is him running broken plays like that. So I don't really actually mind playing fields in that rushing floor that he should attain. You like that? You like that. As I said, <laughs> as we know how it goes. Johnny, moving over to Baltimore, J.K. Dobbins. Questionable for week two, going up against the Dolphins. More context. Dobbins told reporters, we'll see when asked if he'd play, but he did get in full practice sessions all week, and it's probably a good sign that he was put in front of reporters at all. And I'll just cut it off there because he has been very vocal about yeah. how enthusiastic he is to play. Enthusiasm apparently is not enough. Well, I how are mean, you he... feeling, Johnny, about J.K. Dobbins? And would you be starting him? Would you be starting anybody else at the running back position for the Ravens week two? Um, I mean, We'll see. We were we were told we're, we'll see what him and Jesus has been working on all off season, and I'm still <laughs> waiting. Collab. So that yeah, like uh, I'm not expecting to play him this week. He if he goes, I think he'll be limited again. This Dolphins defense is pretty good, um, so I don't feel confident. But if you have you know you draft him kind of high and you have to get him in your lineup if he's good. You can roll the dice, uh, but I have my concerns. I had my concerns all offseason, uh, you know, similar to what Dalton was talking about with Saquon earlier coming off of, you know, knee surgery and, and all of that. It takes a while for these running backs to get back. It doesn't just happen week one. Even if he's uh, back, he's probably not getting like the lion's share right. anyways, right? Right. So that's why I'm I'm, I'm just staying away. Uh, like Dalton had talked point. about. Damian Pierce at the top, and that was just with Rex Burkhead eating in. Mike Davis, you know, we, maybe we get a, a Deonta Foreman, Le'Veon Bell Kenyan after Drake. that big boxing victory might be showing back Kenyan. up in the purple and black. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't so know. I'm saying away. Yeah, I think that's probably the right call. Wait and see. If J.K. Dobbins comes in and smashes, that knee's looking great. You're feeling awesome for week three, but I don't know how you could advise starting him in good conscience this week. Anybody here, tell me if you disagree. We're moving on now to Michael Gallup, another one who has been working with the one and only Jesus to save his knee here, but it's not going to be enough either this week too. This game against the Bengals is going to have Michael Gallup be out. Travis on this, no surprise. Slow ramp up. It's coming. Uh, what does this do for the other pass catchers not named CeeDee Lamb? I don't think we're – and I guess got to ask now, are you still starting CeeDee Lamb? You moving him to your flex? I'm likely starting him still. I mean, he saw, I think, 11 targets still, and I think he'll probably sit down and yeah. zone a lot and play from the slot and still be okay for Cooper Rush and see volume. But I don't feel great about it, obviously. You know, you you, you never want Cooper Rush throwing you the football. Uh, <laughs> but if you look at the last game he had with Cooper Rush, I think he scored over like 17 fantasy points. Let's go. So maybe we do want Cooper Rush. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I think I think I'm I'm okay on C.D. Lamb. You got to keep putting him in your lineup. Most likely, you're not going to start guys like Darnell Mooney that we just mentioned, or other guys that are lower down. You know where you drafted him over him, but it is concerning a little bit to see this. And and Dalton Schultz is another one in this offense that I think sits down. You know, like the Zach Ertz type, the the Jason Witten at the end of his career type that just sits down on the route and, and you know soaks up PPR points for you. A wide receiver that we are expecting to actually play, Dalton, is T. Higgins. We're excited to see him coming back. We know he had the concussion. Then he missed practice on Thursday for a personal reason. We learned he was at the funeral of his father. He's going through some tough times. Love and prayers out to the Higgins family. This, though, did change, and I'm not sure. I think this was an Ian Harditz tweet that came out, and I didn't check it, but I think he was being serious when T. Higgins was projected at a 110 to 1 odds to lead. Oh, is this Dalton's tweet? Yeah, yeah. There we go. All right. Well, I won't speak for you then. Tell us about what Vegas had going now with the expected yardage totals and how you're looking at T. Higgins and the Bengals pass attack. Yeah, so I do, I do weekly specials every week, and I woke up this morning and I saw that uh, T. Higgins was a, he dropped at seventy to one for for him to be the leading receiver in yards on Sunday, and then like we played it, and then it moved backwards even more to like some guy was like, yo, I just saw it at one hundred and ten to one T. Higgins, and then like right Ooh. afterwards, like it was like fifteen to one. You look at DraftKings, DraftKings was at fifteen to one too, so. Um, yeah, wow. they just they they just messed up the line. So <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. and so low. Like everything looks looks good with him. Like he had a bad week one because he got hurt and he was knocked out of the game. But at the end of last year, in that that last six game span that he was playing in, he was only Cooper Cup had more yards per game than him. So he had he had some massive blow up games too. So um, I don't know if like he's gonna do it this week. Because I think the Cowboys might just be so bad that they might not need to pass a ton. Mm. But again, mm. for guy like. You always, you always, you always, always got a shot, and especially now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and this, I feel, I feel insensitive. I feel bad saying this, and I'll go ahead and give myself space because Whisper Nation knows I lost my mom this year, so now I have authority to talk about dead parents. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, not to not to make light out of it, but sometimes you got to make a little bit of light out of the darkness. But one of the serious points in our league of record, Travis Johnny, we always talk about like like death games are real. Yeah. You know, whether it's Brett Favre with a historic performance after the passing of his father. Or, um, I mean, there's the list of examples is, yeah. is really long. Uh, who, who is the wide receiver out of Baltimore? His name's with a yeah, T. Uh, 
it was Tor- Tory Smith. Tory Smith, thank you. Yeah, yeah, he had that blow up game after his brother passed, and there yeah. just seems to be some kind of connection between these major emotional moments and production on the football field following that. I, I'm not I'm not a superstitious person. I do look at trends and there is a lot of evidence that points to major fantasy games, major f- effective, productive games from an NFL perspective following the death of a loved one. So smash T Higgins is what I'm trying to say. T. Higgins, 200 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. Lock it in. Let's go. Johnny, we got Javante Williams. We were watching that Monday night game. We saw him get a lot of targets, and now we're hearing it's not a fluky type of thing. This is by design. We know targets and catches at the running back position are worth more than carries. This is good. We did see Melvin Gordon, though, outpace Javante Williams when it did come to those touches. New information is coming at us, and I don't know if there's been a backfield that's had more conversation during the offseason than this Denver one with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. We got some answers but I think we almost got more questions than we did real answers after that Seattle game. So I wanted to get your opinion, Johnny, on Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, and this Denver Broncos backfield. Yeah, I think, I mean, Travis has kind of been touting this all offseason about how, hey, Javante could seriously take that pass-catching role. Uh, we know that that is a more so weakness for Melvin Gordon's game, and Javante has excelled at that. So um, not surprised you know, seeing that I am surprised the usage, that was what I did. I didn't expect, uh, you know, Russell to dump off that much, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're going to continue to let's ride baby with Javante. And then, you know, Melvin is going to be a uh, lower end RB two. And then if he gets in, uh, and scores a touchdown, he'll be having RB one week. Um, but yeah, I, I still feel pretty confident in Javante, but again, your his ceiling is definitely capped uh, unless something happens to Melvin, which we all kind of knew coming into the season. Yeah, it could be that way. It's going to be fun to keep watching. And it's fun to see Whisper Nation coming in here. Bo for Smurf, Rob Navarro, Nemo, everybody. Love having you here. Thanks for joining the show. And the questions are phenomenal. Keep them coming. If they're relevant to the subject at hand, we'll do our best to plug them in real time. Otherwise, we're going to get to all of your questions, lineup questions, trade questions, crunchy or smooth peanut butter questions, all of those at the end of the show. Uh, We want to take the time we've got with Dalton, though, and make the absolute most of it. So moving on here to... Mike McCarthy, uh, who was supposed to be with Michael Gallup, but he's on his own. And we just keep moving forward, said offensive coordinator Kellen Moore has got to be smarter, Travis, with play calling. This seems this seems like the, the threads are fraying a bit in Dallas to have a head coach publicly call out another executive member of the team in this. Or am I reading too much into this? No, I think I think it's pretty good. I'll ask Dalton here, though. I'll pitch it to him here because it was one of the funniest things to watch the Internet basically say the, the Cowboys are already eliminated from the playoffs, <laughs> you know, and it does. Does it not feel like that? Like right now this week, it just feels like they're uh, done. How, what, what's your I talked a little bit about the passing offense, but what's your take on, on what they could look like? I'm nervous for sure. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think if Dak was there, like it, it would have been one of those things where people would have overreacted to a really bad game. Um, but now like with Dak not there, like that's a legitimate concern. Um, and you know, bad games are going to happen for offense. But the thing is like outside of CD lamb, they're probably going to run the ball more. We know that that's probably mm-hmm. going to limit the offense a little bit. Good thing is Zeke looked better than he did last year, 
Um, mm-hmm. So maybe the whole PCL injury thing, like actually like had a lot of merit. Um, so I'm curious about that. But again, the offensive line is completely banged up. Like it just, it, it was, it was never like, even regardless of whether Dak was there or not without them having Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper gone, Tyron Smith out, like there was already concerns there. And then now you lose Dak and it's just like, they legitimately on a week to week basis are probably going to be one of the worst five offenses in the league um just until until Dak gets back and even when Dak gets back um it'll probably get better because Michael Gallup will probably be getting around there at the same time but for now it's like it's it's legitimately concerning for everybody involved yeah um, yeah Eagles I mean, to win the NF- NFC East uh futures oh, yeah. looking real good right now uh, yeah oh, that yeah. one is looking really nice Travis also looking nice is yeah. Alan Lazard maybe coming back I don't know he's he's better than he was he's still questionable you're a big Packers fan Travis what are your expectations for Alan Lazard as well as the other pass catching op it's such a weird situation right now we were talking a lot about Christian Watson and how we think he might be the key to unlocking this offense but he's going to need to have to he's going to need to step up in a few different ways how do you see Alan Lazard though how do you see the rest of the pass catchers factoring in for this still unsure Packers passing attack I think Al Lazard is kind of sort of the key as well. I mean, we need Watson to play well to kind of stretch the defense out, but Lazard is a chain mover. You know, that's, that's the underrated part of Devonte Adams game is that he was a, you know, typical X receiver possession and he could get, get deep for us, but he was that guy that moved the chains for us. And I think that if Lazard can do that for us, because we're already going to do it with the backs. You know, the backs are going to get a lot of targets and try to do that, but they aren't as effective as you've said before, Austin, if we can't stretch the field or if we can't make the threat happen. I think that is the Packers are notoriously conservative with their injuries. I mean, look at the way they brought Tunyon back, but still limited his snaps. So I think Tunyon coming back, Lazard coming back, this offense, we need to breathe a little bit of relaxation because I think this offense can be a lot better. Matt, I trust Matt LaFleur. I trust the defense on the other side. I think there can be some things that they can be efficient again, which is what they've always been with Rodgers. Uh, I would just – I wouldn't be – you know, rushing to start Lazard this week. I do like Tunyon, but I think the the snap percentage was hard to trust. I, I don't mind stashing him or looking at him in the next couple of weeks because he could be a, a big one as well. Speaking of a big one, Johnny, DeAndre Swift, your boy from day zero is finally blossoming into the elite halfback that the Lions and your fantasy teams, and I know you, Johnny, have been hoping for and predicting on this. He's got an ankle issue. It's yeah. questionable for week two. He still managed to practice Friday, and he did apparently have this ankle injury in week one, and that didn't stop him from turning no. 18 touches into 175 yards. <laughs> How is your concern meter doing on DeAndre Swift? How is your excitement meter doing on DeAndre Swift, specifically for week two, factoring in these ankles? Honestly, I'm not surprised his ankles hurt. He was breaking the ankles of the defenders all day long with gushers. And you break oh your own God, a little bit. Who knows? Every time you touch the ball, dude, he ran for 15 yards. Uh, you know, it is something to monitor. Again, he did play with this reportedly uh, week one. Uh, you know, ankle injuries are never fun to deal with, especially for a running back. But I, from the sound of it, it doesn't seem to be super serious now if he does it comes out sunday morning that hey he's sitting then yeah that is a concern for sure but as of right now everything that i'm hearing and seeing i, I don't think it's too too serious and deandre swift's the man yeah. there we go 
There we go on this one. Uh, moving forward here. I think we've got our time for one more question with you, Dalton. Is that right? Yeah. Right we'll okay. We'll Fantastic. Here we got Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman. Uh, Alec Pierce got a concussion. He's not playing. Ruled out. And then we've got some things to monitor with Michael Pittman dealing with the quads. Got him questionable for week two. Apparently suffered this in practice on Wednesday. Midweek injuries. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling confidence wise in Michael Pittman? And let's say if he is decreased and Alec Pierce, we know, is out, does anybody in Indianapolis get more interest out of you coming into week two fantasy-wise? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Pittman's probably going to play. Um, and wow. if he doesn't, then that becomes really interesting. But I, I'm going to assume <laughs> he's playing. Um, and the, the guy who's really going to step in and – take a lot of those routes will probably be ashton doolin yeah and he was really interesting uh as a prospect coming out he really hasn't done too much so far in his career but for some guys who go undrafted like it does take time for them to slowly start to get roles if you look at training camp like they were buzzing about him all the beat reporters coaches like they were really hyping him up and then in his first game he ran 14 rounds and he got six targets on those rounds like that's that's extremely encouraging yeah Um, prototypical size like he should seamlessly go in there for Alex Pierce like Alex Pierce ran 36 routes I believe at what it was he had two targets whereas Dylan ran 14 and had six targets so again one one game sample size very small um amount that we can take from that but it is interesting and it is a signal <clears throat> hey if Ashton Doolin does step in there he could be like a sneaky guy that you know, maybe, you know, catches five, six balls this week. And if, and if Pittman's out, and he's for sure probably running like 85, 90% of the routes there. And also another guy I think is interesting too is, is Kylan Granson. He ran more routes than uh, Mo Ali Cox there. We're talking about, we talked earlier about like how tight ends are kind of gross at the end. Talked about Everett a little bit. Like Granson could be one of those guys that you pick up and like maybe they replace like uh, an Evan Ingram or yeah, yeah. Uh, is one of those guys in those ranges. Mike Jusecki. So, um, yeah, exactly. And people love Colin Granson last year too, but like we don't really see rookie tight ends really do much, especially guys who are day three picks. So it's like it's not like crazy that it's happening this year and he's playing over Mo Alley and he's seeing those routes and he got six targets. Like that's all extremely encouraging stuff. So um, with less target competition available, Pierce out like that just that opens up potential opportunity for Granson to be an interesting play. Great takes. And the Ashland Doolin point, you know, we're calling him a sneaky one. We had the podfather, Matt Kelly, on the show before the season, and that is who he was saying to keep an eye out for taking in that number two role for the Colts. Well, Dalton, man, it's been an absolute joy to have you on the show, and thank you for being generous with your time. We want to let the folks know, Whisper Nation, where they can find you and if there's anything they should keep an eye out for that you got coming up. 100%. 100%. Well, first off, appreciate you guys for having me on. Had a blast. You guys are a good, fun crew. Know how to keep the analysis, you know, sharp, but at the same time, you know, have a good time with it. So, so appreciate I had, you, had Dalton. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Dalton underscore Kate. Um, all my work right now uh, is on Mojo. So be doing a lot of blog reports, doing recaps every single week, breaking down some stuff, doing um, some of that every single week. So, keep an eye out for all that and then for betting related stuff uh stealing lines uh, ben gretchen i created that a couple months ago 
and we put out like weekly props every single week overs unders i also do a lot of weekly specials too um where like the t higgins one we mentioned earlier um we were able to get that at 70 to 1 which is crazy last week we hit on a saquon barkley 40 to 1 most rushing yards on the week nice strong um and you know hopefully that can continue going well but that's that's my two main things right now is is for like my football analysis and everything's going to be a mojo and then betting betting side is going to be a stealing line so um oh yeah yeah, i mean well that's um, awesome thank you so much for joining us whisper nation go check out dalton get in on that some of that 40 to 1 action let's go we'll see you next time dalton see you dalton thanks dalton peace what a guest that was awesome yeah what a guest that was cool 40 to 1 on the safe from my own backyard too. Kind of yeah, another mad, another Arizona boy. Yeah. Arizona. Yeah, like like that. Very cool. Uh so my question about Mac Jones is is he any good? No, I'm just kidding. Uh you know, we we already know we already know the answer to that. Uh so he is sick, he's got a back. I don't know. He's Johnny talked to me about Mac Jones. This is your guy. Yeah, I mean, he went out uh last week had they took x-rays Spinal. of his back spinal dude uh it was pretty serious um, But then the actor said he was fine right yeah but he was still having back spasms after that so it's like a mental there thing a, there was a big concern i mean are you concerned with they said the uh then you know the the x-ray came back and said he got that hamster in him you know yeah oh <laughs> oh came back and said he had the hamster dog and, uh, <laughs> got a hamster dog all right what was the on? other dog got a hamster the, dog the mammoth dog yeah, yeah the mammoth, mammoth dog. dog yeah yeah mammoth dog um who is the yeah, mammoth I'm not, dog? i mean i'm not gonna start him this week uh, right play against the Steelers uh Steelers defense looked really good week one uh so uh, and then we'll we'll see they're they're saying that um what's it Bosa not Bosa uh the DN for the the brother um TJ Watt TJ Watt thank you uh, they're saying he might play they're, they're saying he might play with the torn pec uh, so that'll be that'll be interesting oh he did officially hit the IR he looks okay. like he's going to avoid surgery. He's going to play from the gonna... IR. Well, I'm say- I read. I'm saying on Twitter earlier. No, no, no. I'm not no, saying. No, he- no, no. I was just. I was just making a joke that he might play from the IR because playing with because it's our. It's no. I mean that's crazy enough. Like if I, I wouldn't put it past CJ Watt to do anything to play with a right. torn pec. You know what I mean? Like that's. I'm not. I'm not making the fun Watts of you. are such. They seem like such a standard Wild. family, dude. TJ and JJ, man, those guys work so hard. They're so. They're so tough. Yeah. So, but I'm not looking to start Mac Jones this week. So, yeah, tough matchup, yeah. dealing with a lot of stuff. I don't yeah, know got, how he's, I honestly don't know how he's playing, to be honest. But, and, and we got Ty Montgomery, who's out. I guess Travi, I, I, this, this got to get more work for Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson if the pass catching leader from the halfback position is now on the IR, Ty Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, it was like, okay, well, I mean, I, I have to start Ramondre in some leagues where I went zero RB or, or anchor RB, so I understand having to start him there, but I, neither Harris or Steven are an advised start. I mean, they, the Steelers, as Johnny said, just held Joe Mixon to three yards per carry, like in a game yeah. where it was like, you know, back and forth, so... I don't, I don't like the matchup. I wouldn't want to trust either of them, but I, I am watching this closely after Montgomery goes to the IR because it's like now, can we see Stevenson get a defined pass-catching role? Please. 
I am begging you, Bill Belichick. I'm begging you, Matt Patricia, to put a weapon in at the running back position and let him be a weapon. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. Let somebody be successful. Let somebody get a Please. little shine, Bill Belichick. Man, I would love to sit here and talk about the Patriots for the next 30 minutes, but that is too indulgent for me. <laughs> Moving on to the Los Angeles Rams, where we've got a couple updates on wide receivers. Travis, Sean McVay said that Van Jefferson working his way back. He's not going to be here for week two. That shouldn't be a problem, though, because we got Allen Robinson filling in <laughs> that number two role, and he needs to be more involved in the team's offense, you think? think uh that's what McVeigh is saying that's what every single fantasy player who drafted Allen Robinson is saying what are you saying Travis yeah this is tough I'm actually doubling down on Allen Robinson this week I Let's think it's a soft, you it's won't. A soft it's did. a soft matchup with the Falcons even though they do have elite corner they just got torched and they've got torched all last year so they have good corner play uh you know uh but it doesn't seem to really work out for them because these teams just throw all over them so we'll see what happens there but I love McVay's comments here right he's like oh I'm gonna scheme him up we're gonna get him involved especially make him the first priority on plays and not just Cooper Cup as the first read because that's all Stafford had time for on last Thursday night. I think this pass rush by the Falcons is not the Bills, so we should get more time for Stafford, at least more than Thursday night. And the last thing is, is I just have to trust in McVeigh and this track record for the Rams. Yep. They brought in Robert Woods from another team. They brought in Brandon Cooks from another team. They brought in OBJ from another team, and they got those guys the ball. They got them successful. I, I'm trusting in Robinson. I saw some of the All-22 film. He was open. He also looked a little lost. But uh, <laughs> uh, but I think that we scheme them up. And the other, the Where last thing I'll say, won. the last last thing that's given me a little bit of confidence, and this just could be optimism, you know, ungilded optimism. But Stafford was what he had the elbow all off season, so we didn't get a lot of reps with Stafford and Robinson. So I think as the season goes on, we could get a little bit more Robinson juice, and I, I think it could start this week. I like those takes, and I like all the questions coming in from Whisper Nation. Sit with us; we're going to get our way through. All of the teams, it's going in alphabetical order. This is L. Y'all know how the alphabet works. Moving on to the <laughs> Saints here, Johnny, where we got some banged up starters. Jameis Winston, he's got a back issue. It's He's going to be playing. He might not be 100%, but he'll be the quarterback behind center. Mark Ingram, he's got an ankle issue. He's got an age issue. He's got a, like, what's your purpose in life issue? No, I'm just kidding. We, Mark, Mark Ingram is a freaking amazing person here, but he does have a bit of an ankle issue going on. Alvin Kamara, though, is the real news that we need some clarity on. He's got, he's got some rib issues going on. I love when they say that. It's like, so is it a broken rib? broken cartilage i don't know they always try to obfuscate these things but it's not great and i'm really loving this dark cloud that's going to be hanging over my rb1 in our league of record all season long how uncomfortable should i be johnny how much confidence should folks have in starting alvin kamara this week i'm pretty i'd be pretty concerned uh from what i've seen it's looking like alvin kamara could probably miss this game um mark ingram what they as do well like yeah, if Mark Ingram is the only running back, um, it, once again, it is against the Bucks. The Bucks do have a, a stronger D line. It is harder to run on them. It's more so on the edge. So this would be like a Kamara game if Kamara goes. So if, if as long as he's playing, I'm playing him because that would be where he'd be more effective uh, than Mark Ingram. And but then if he's out. And Mark Ingram is basically the only uh, running back. Then, then I think he could be a decent uh, RB three. Hope 
that he falls into the end zone uh, kind of play. Uh, and do they still have the rookie? I have to check. What to about see Jones? Yeah, do they? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, what about if Ingram's out and Kamara's in? Well, like the reverse. You well, you definitely want to start Kamara in that case. Like that's that's your best bet. Like you really I just, hope I, for that. I think it's crazy how they're yeah. they're both kind of being. I mean, it's not crazy, but it's it's we got a wild situation because I think the the break glass and the trapdoor emergency here is actually might be Taysom Hill. We saw him run yeah. really well against the Falcons in that game. It was four carries. It was twelve percent of the snaps. It wasn't a lot. But I mean, he's a weapon. He's an, you know, like I could see yeah, them scheming him up point. in this game really if both point. guys are gone, right? Like yeah. Yeah. that makes a little bit of sense to me for them trying to beat this division rival, especially with Brady, to try and get playmakers on the field. So, yeah, I think that's a healthy take that he is such a weird bit of duct tape for this New Orleans Saints. What do you need? <laughs> Always. What do you need? What do you need? A water? You need a water guy? Yeah, 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 oh, water I'm in. Guy. I'll do it. Hey, oh. he's, he's a the quarterback. Player. Gosh, you need a running player. back, you need a tight end, you need a wide receiver. Hey, Ruby Miles, he'll kick, he'll kick the field goal, he'll paint your porch, and he'll walk the dog too. There we go. You know he's <laughs> not going to do any of those extra things. That's Kadarius Tony, uh, oh, but man. he's got a questionable tag oh, with a hamstring. Man. Got a setback in practice this week. I mean, you guys, what are how are we making sense of of the pass catchers here in New York? We don't need to just make this about Kadarius Tony. He's figuring out his life. Or Saquon is the answer. That's right. It's Saquon Barkley all the way. Any love for a Sterling Shepard, Kenny oh, yeah. Galladay, anything else? Sterling I like Shepard. stashing Shepard. I'm not dropping Kadarius Tony just yet. He was seen at practice today. And uh, the 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 popular puff piece was that he was given a fist bump to Dable, who asked him, Are you good? And he said, Yeah, and he fist bumped him. So oh that's that's yeah. us in fantasy football. We get excited about a fist bump. Narrative. Yes, narrative. There's no way on earth you can start Kadarius Tony, but I am not dropping Kadarius Tony yet. I want to see after they saw the two plays he got in on, he looked good on, and then we've got these reports coming out. Can any of this discipline stuff take? Uh, the note on Sir Sterling that's nice is that he saw 72% of snaps from the Achilles tear, you know, he's coming mm -hmm. back from. The problem is, is he only caught two balls, and one of them was that giant touchdown. So, like, it's not, he, you know, it's not like a sure thing he's going to be ingrained in the offense. And we saw Dable basically hide Daniel Jones in this passing attack through Saquon Barkley. And I don't mm -hmm. see any reason for them to not do that against another winnable opponent in the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, Saquon Barkley is going to make a lot of people look good this year if he can keep yeah. his health up. Johnny, he's healthy. Uh, this would be you, dude. Why don't you Najee. take this one? Yeah. Najee's yeah, healthy. Najee's foot injury. And guy, well, I, can't, I, can't, guy. I, can't, I can't talk in a public capacity about what I've done. To yeah. TBA well, is what a kind of foot fuzzy. guy. Are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm one who gets the job <laughs> done. That's are, you what the it is. Hey, are you the I, Rex I'm, Ryan foot guy hey, or are you the, the actual I'm, orthopedic guy? I'm the what's, what's that? Is, is that varsity blues? Was that varsity yeah. blues when they're like, don't uh, do it, man. Don't let him shoot <laughs> up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's gonna get shot. They're like, don't do it. It's not worth it. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't 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 talk to me about my methods. All right. I want to know. He's off. He's Johnny. He's off the injury report. Najee Harris is healthy. He's ready to be an RB1 for you, right? Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, but, I mean, you're, you're rolling them out there. I mean, this is yeah, good news are. if you have them. This is yeah. the best news that you could have hoped for. Because as of, like, Sunday afternoon, you thought that maybe he was done for the season. Um, it's it's still a volume is, play. Yeah, it's a volume play. Not a great matchup against um, 
the Patriots, but I mean, the Patriots were able to run the ball with Chase Edmonds last and, and Chase was pretty effective. So um, Najee should be a fine start. Uh, you know, if you, if you got him and you draft him, you're putting him in. Um, yeah. But I, there's concern. Uh, and for expectations. Yeah. You're going to start yeah. him in the first or second round. You're going to start him. He's active. He's starting for the Steelers. Just temper some of those expectations and keep your fingers crossed. He's a good dude. I hope that it comes together. Got some question marks over here in San Francisco. George Kittle, the often injured one, is oh. injured. Yes, there he is. The groin. It's it's attached, but how well? Unclear. Uh, Jeff yes. Wilson going to go with the hot hand at the running game. Jeff Wilson's expected to get the start. Yeah. Got a lot of running backs. We're throwing names. We're throwing we're throwing these names around, asking people to consider them. I think we're all. Are we recommending starting Jeff Wilson? Raise your hand if you recommend starting Jeff Wilson. This yeah, week. I think you. I think you can start Jeff Wilson. He's going to get the first crack at it. It's not. It's not a great matchup. It just depends. Everything depends on you know who you who you're starting him over. But you know we didn't have any. We have any major injuries outside of Elijah Mitchell at the running back position. I'm just trying to like maybe if you had Elijah Mitchell, you'd be looking at starting Jeff Wilson. But I think you know maybe hopefully you have other options. It would depend on what you have. Like Jeff I wouldn't Wilson start or Cam Akers. Oh, definitely Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, but, okay. Jeff Wilson or Alvin yeah. Kamara. Uh, if Kamara goes, I'm starting Kamara. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, there's just touchdown upside. If he's good enough to go, he's going to be involved in the game plan. Jeff Wilson is a guy, as they said, hot hand. I mean, if TDP gets the second carry and busts it for 40 yards, Jeff Wilson could maybe not see the field again that much. You know what I mean? Like, so that is something that happens that could happen in this game. I just, I trust Jeff Wilson. He knows the offense of all of those guys that's in there besides Elijah Mitchell. He knows the offense the best. He was activated as the number two in that game. He saw the only running back touches besides Debo uh, after Mitchell got hurt. So there's a lot of stuff that I enjoy about Jeff Wilson as far as like he could fall in for touchdowns, but it is a volatile play because of Debo's involvement in the red zone. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's just a lot of, like I'm starting CPAD over Jeff Wilson for sure. Me too. You know, there's yeah. there, there's start like there's there's like that breaking point for these guys, but I think Wilson is a fine play if you're desperate. What about Jeff Wilson ETN? or James Robinson? Oh, uh, we're thinking yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah, I would go. So I would go James Robinson over Jeff Wilson, and if it's yeah. PPR, I probably I'd probably go ETN over Wilson too because I, I could at least see some passing down work for ETN that could save my day. I don't know if that happens with a rushing quarterback in Trey Lance. What was the other one? The other one I thought was interesting too, uh, the Patriots backs or Jeff oh, Wilson, you know, yeah. I'm probably going Damian Harris, but not Ramondre over Jeff Wilson. You know what I mean? Like that's probably where I'd be at. Uh, Damian Pierce, Damian Pierce or Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I agree with that's that. That's the line. That's probably the line right there. Okay. Yeah. I think we probably start Jeff Wilson over Ken Walker, but yeah. we are happy to see Ken Walker recovering uh, from hernia. Are we not listed? Yes, we are happy to see a human being become healthy, Johnny. Yeah. We are from a life perspective, no doubt. Now for yeah. our Rashad Penny rosters, yeah. that yeah. might be a different question. A lot of hype on the Michigan State product from his ability to run the football, taking just one pick after Brees Hall. I feel like Ken Walker is a little bit underspoken on given how talented he really was coming out of Michigan State. We're going to see his debut. He's not on the injury report. I'm not recommending starting him. I picked him up in my league of record. I'm not recommending starting him. Johnny, I see you. I see you with the wiggles right down there when we're talking about Ken Walker. How are you feeling about Rashad Penny? Are you, are you still starting Rashad Penny with confidence now that Ken Walker is back? 
Yeah, I'm still starting. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think so. felt more confident when Ken Walker wasn't, you know, there because none of the other running backs really scared me. Uh, but Ken Walker, obviously, he has, he's touted as one of the best running backs that we've seen coming out of college in a while, uh, or at least, uh, you know, the metrically wise. Tom, wise. Danian Tomlinson. Right. So, uh, yeah, from that perspective, uh, yeah, you, you want Ken Walker not to be there on Sundays dressed up. But uh, as far as like, I still think Penny is going to be the lead running back. Uh, I think Walker would probably be the pass catcher one, if anything, to begin the season. And then if Penny doesn't end up producing, but Penny looked good. Um, I know like box score wise, it wasn't like a massive Penny day, but like, he looked strong when he ran the ball. Like there wasn't like he popped back up after he got didn't do anything like, dumb. Yeah. didn't do anything dumb. So like confidence wise that like Penny is a, a decent RB two. And then if he can get in the end zone, then he'll probably have RB one weeks. But um, yeah, definitely monitoring Ken Walker and usage this weekend when he comes back. No doubt. I agree. I'm in lockstep with you on that take. Johnny, Chris Godwin with the Buccaneers. He's going to be out week two against the Saints. Still dealing with that hamstring issue that popped up recently. Travi, we saw Julio Jones have a good day. We saw Russell Gage involved, but he's also dealing with some issues. Uh, Evans is in there. Everyone's kind of banged up right now. Are you starting anybody? What's up, Gus? What's up, Leonardo? Too. We're going to get all to the questions Happy Friday. at the once we get through the news and notes, I think we only got one more section after here because Tampa Bay is – that's a T. That's near Tennessee is the only one next. <laughs> so, Travi, talk to me past catchers in Tampa Bay. Talk to me about your confidence levels there. I'm interested in Julio. What else? Yeah, Julio's on the report too, which is unfortunate. And it's like – you know, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like every time uh, – Dwayne McFarlane was saying this this week. Every time Julio took a pass in that game against the Cowboys, you're like, come on, get up, get up, Julio, <laughs> get up. And it, I agree. That's how it went. And then we, he went up on the injury report. Evans on the injury report. Fournette on the injury report. Gage has been on the injury report. So, I mean, it, it's – Kind of if you start them, at, you know, or if you've got them, start them and they play them. You're like, if they start them, you start them kind of thing. Other than Gage, really, um, I'm, I want to see Gage's usage without Godwin fully for a game before I trust him in my lineup because I thought he might be a decent flex play last week, but they were using Julio as that deep threat. And if Julio's yeah. in the game and going as the deep threat, that's the guy I'd be interested in starting. And then, of course, Mike Evans is guaranteed a touchdown if he plays without Godwin pretty much. So uh, I'd be I'd be interested in that situation. Um, interesting thing that's kind of taken over the fantasy community this week is that we could see Tampa go a little bit more run heavy. You know, Todd mm-hmm. Bowles is now the, the coach. They have issues on the line. They have issues at receiver. Fournette looks good. I could see this team going White run heavy good. to win. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Fournette and White both uh, look good. I mean, Fournette looked better, obviously. But I think this team could definitely go that route. And Brady doesn't want to get hit, you know, so he's definitely going to be doing things to make sure that doesn't happen. So um, I think in that case, that favors your big-bodied touchdown guys like Mike Evans and Julio Jones who can, you know, go win matchups on one play for you uh, if you're going to be a run-heavy offense, which I think they could actually transition to. Speaking of run-heavy offenses, we got one of the heaviest run-heavy mm. offenses in the NFL with the Tennessee mm. Titans, Johnny Dontrell Hilliard, who popped off for a couple of catches for some touchdowns and some yards last week. Popular waiver wire pick up after that performance. Did not practice on Friday. He's got a hamstring issue. Seems to be going around. There's a case of the hamstrings in the air. <laughs> There's a lot of running backs over here, Johnny. We've talked a lot about a lot of them. Derrick Henry included, Chestnut, uh, Deontay Foreman going back. Hilliard was there too. Uh, 
would you recommend starting Hilliard if he does play in this week? Mm. How are you looking at him? No, you're not. No, I, I wasn't even uh, really picking him up on waivers just because I don't see him, even if something terrible happens to Derrick Henry, I just don't think his role is going to change. I think you would still have basically the same, I think Haskins or you would see, um, chestnut, chestnut, uh, deep, deep dash, uh, dart throw. Um, but I, I think this means that with, with Hillard having the hamstring, I think that you'll probably see Henry get more dump offs this game, which is mm. good news. If you have Henry, cause he wasn't really, uh, kind of blinked you know, out. yeah, he, he didn't really do anything in the, in the receiving department, which is what he started to really get last year. Yeah. Um, and, and why he was really coming on real strong was cause he was getting everything. And maybe that coaching staff was like, Hey, was that the reason why he got, I'm not saying it is, but it, you know, it does make you think, what is the coaching staff thinking here? But I, I think for this weekend, I think thumbs up for Derrick Henry. And I think you'll probably get more receiving work because of it. Yeah, I like that take. And I like that we made it all the way through the news and notes, boys. We are yeah. through with the updates, but we're not through with you. We're going to get to some of your questions now, Whisper Nation, going all the way back up to the top with Albert, who's got Pittman is out. Would you start Gabe Davis or Waddle PPR if if Pittman is out? Uh, raise your hand if you'd start Gabe Davis. Great. I'm gonna go Gabe Davis here. I go Waddle. And yeah, Waddle, I think, I think I, Waddle's a safer play, but I think Gabe Davis has a higher ceiling because Gabe okay. Davis can catch two tutties. I don't know if Waddle will have two tutties in in this game. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think Waddle is playing a similar role for uh, the for the. Dolphins really good number twos. Yeah, they're really good number, and he's a better number two. Like he, he's very good. I'm not saying he's a better, he's not a better wide receiver, but for me, I'm trusting the Bills' passing attack a little bit more. Now, what I will say about the Dolphins, basically everybody but Marcus Peters at, at in their secondary is going to be out. Marlon Humphrey's gone with an ACL. Uh, they had their other their other corners out as well. So I, I mean, that could be a play here where this passing attack is is going to be deadly against the the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that game to hit the over. But, yeah, I would personally go with Davis's upside over Waddle because I don't know if Waddle's floor actually does exist. He had a huge touchdown in this game, and he's not the receiver he was last year. He's the secondary option. Now, we only have the one game, so it could even out this next week. But I, I think they're kind of similar, and I'd go with the better option. Good situation to be in. I love both these wide receivers. Yeah. But Pittman little... probably plays, so you're, you're, you're probably okay. Split yeah. decision. On this one, Albert, take that to the bank. All right, moving now to Rob Navarro. How do you feel about DJ Moore this week, Johnny? Uh, let me check. Who do the who do they play? They play the Giants. Oh, uh, I feel good. I, I feel good against DJ Moore against the Giants. I'll play him. All right. It took the over on in underdog on DJ Moore over. I think it's like sixty and a half receiving yards. You took the over. Yeah. Nice. I like him to bounce back here. He had a rough yeah. game, but, you know, Baker kind of turned it on in the second half. I know a lot of that went to Robbie Anderson, but I think that uh, DJ Moore is a good player that's, you know, been good and gotten 1,200 yards pretty much every year. So I might be overcorrecting yeah. to 2019 when I drafted DJ Moore in the fifth round and was really excited about that pickup only to have Teddy Bridgewater's favorite target be Robbie Anderson. Boy, was that disappointing to see how much action Robbie Anderson got week one. He was on the field for 100% of the snaps. I think he ran a route on every chance he could have ran a route, and then he did 
outpace the squad. It, it, am I am I overboard on the Robbie Anderson support? Was this kind of a fluky thing, or is this a storyline to legit monitor about his involvement? I think we may Baker. see more personally. I think we may see more volatility out of the target yeah. shares each week between mm-hmm. with between Moore and, and Robbie Anderson. But if we remember, like Jarvis Landry soaked up targets, and I I could comp DJ Moore a little bit more to Jarvis Landry, and yeah. then you've got Robbie Anderson playing that DPJ kind of role, and both of yeah. those guys had games. You know, but Jarvis was definitely the more consistent target, you know, gatherer. Who's the OBJ? Who's the OBJ in this? <laughs> Terrace Marshall, dude. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, dude. There we go. That's good. Bo for Smurf asked, traded James Robinson and Michael Thomas for digs. Half point PPR. Who won? I'm taking the dig side, man. I yeah. think I like the dig yeah. side on this one. I mean, too. It, yeah. it's fairly, fairly even, but the fact that you get digs and then now you can have a roster spot to go pick up somebody else. Uh, I think that that's, that's key. Yeah, dude. It's the, it's the guy off waivers that, that really that puts it over the top. Yeah, it, that's does, the it, does. it gives you yeah. flexibility. It, I mean, it is, that's nice. fair. That's fair. It, it is a real point. Randy Miller. What's up? Am I psycho for wanting to start a Rob over Mike Evans this week? Full point PPR. You're not a psycho, a psycho, but I will not do that. I, I wouldn't and do it. Yeah, the, I do that. This look, week. I know that Lattimore has had a great track record against Mike Evans. There's like one game where Mike Evans has exploded against Marshawn Lattimore, but there is no world that I'm taking two catch or one catch, two target Allen Robinson in week two over Mike Evans. Uh, who basically rolls out of bed with a touchdown uh, when Godwin doesn't play. We so, know the rapport yeah. between Brady and Evans. We don't yet know the rapport between A-Rob and Stafford. We are yeah. hoping for it. We don't yet know. I know I love this comment from Nemo Lady. Swift is the prince of vlogs, a limited practice, but balls out Sunday. Julio is the king. That is in a, that's a funny, <laughs> insightful comment. Sticking with Nemo Ladies, UJ Payer, Burks, rest of season, full point PPR. Head says Burks, heart says follow astrology. <laughs> Brissett and Donovan's Jones are DJP have similar Bro. chemistry to Burrow Chase. Bro, my guy Nemo really went to the astrology charts for this. I love this no. take. We this is the this is the missing piece in the fantasy football industry. Please start an Instagram that's like charting people's uh, you know their their horoscopes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a uh, Mercury retrograde, right? So what what does that have to do with the uh, rising heart of the falling sun of, you know, uh, Burks's <laughs> roller coaster ride? I like Burks rest of season. The upside's just too strong there. We're talking about uh, Johnny mentioned Hilliard being out and then maybe uh, Derek Henry gets more looks. Hilliard being out. I see maybe Traylon Burks sure. gets schemed into Fair some point. more stuff here. Maybe we finally yeah. get to see a little bit more of this guy. They got big plans for, you know, they traded away a stud wide receiver for. So, uh, yeah, I, w- I would be kind of interested in Burke's season long, but I, I wouldn't. I also wouldn't be surprised if DPJ leads the Browns in targets. Yeah, no disagreements here, McCurley Wolf. What's up, my guys? What's up, McCurley? Start two, bench two. Jonathan, James Robinson, Travis Etienne, Damian Harris, Michael Carter's. Which two are we starting? Start two, J Rob, Etienne, Damian Harris. Probably do J Rob and Michael Carter. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going too. I I could. St- I could see myself sneaking in ETN. I, mean, I, uh, I want to start both Jacksonville running back. Yeah, I was kind of like, God, okay. I mean, the, the money touches that I know he didn't get more touches than J Rob, but, but, but the ETN money got yeah. some money touches through the receiving yeah. game. He dropped a touchdown. Like they want to get him going. And then we know that Trevor, he's Trevor Lawrence's boy. It's just that J Rob is good and he's going to do the, the little things right. 
And until ETN does those things right, they can't put them on the field more than J-Rob. So, uh, yeah, I would be starting J-Rob, and I, I think I'd go Michael Carter. Obviously saw all those targets, and I think you know they'll probably continue to throw because they suck. So mm-hmm. I think I'm there with you. J-Rob, Michael Carter, then ETN. It's close for me. Harris on the back side. Stick it with Nemo here. Hunter Hines with no Pittman Pierce. Ryan's going to feed Granson and Hines. Hunt or Hines? I'm going to go Hunt. I'm going Hunt, yeah. Mm-hmm. For the sake of the talent. Just a more on secure, that one. Yeah, more secure role in his offense. That dude has just done yeah. it what he does. He gets 10 carries and a lot of lot of targets every single game. And last week was no mm-hmm. exception. Sutton, A-Rob, Gabe start two this week. PPR. Sutton and Gabe? Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, Perez, should I try to finesse a Kelsey or Andrews? I've got Murray, Mixon, Aaron, Jones, JJ, Michael Evans, T. Higgins, Deontay Jones, Zach Earth, Brees Hall, Dobbins, <coughs> Curtis Samuel, Rob Stevenson, Tony. Yeah, I would. If you can Yeah, try. get De- Deontay maybe, Deontay and Zach Ertz. Yeah. Uh, maybe even throw in a Tony or an A-Rob in that, if, the, if that sweetens it, a three for one to go turn around and get that positional advantage. Or hell, if you can get like Curtis Samuel and Ertz, you know. I've been I mean, trying you know, to like, also bullshit. If you could do like Tony Stevenson, Curtis Samuel, throw <laughs> yeah. all this like potential worker <laughs> wire fodder over at like if it, it depends yeah. on how savvy the guy is. The answer yeah. is yes. You should always go for it. I think the real question here is how high would you be willing to go to actually swap to pick up Kelsey or Andrews on here? Like, would you give away who's your two best players here? Would you give away like Mixon? And JJ for one. No, season. they're untouchable. No. no. So I don't think I'd give away a mixer or the Andrews here. You could like, throw in Dobbins too. I mean, I know that's a mystery box and he's just getting healthy, but maybe you could sell a, great a little one. bit of hype. So maybe you yeah. go Deontay and Dobbins or yeah. Deontay, Dobbins, and Ertz you have for a something lot of back. You could get something back. Yeah. Yeah, that's why right. that's why I was fine taking Deontay off the board because the other right. I like the other t- you know wide receivers more plus he's got a little bit of he's got target market share, he is a one, you know, he's got a little bit of bang for the buck. You can make them a little bit more whole and get them yeah. the tight end back and you're consolidating and getting, you know, studs. So I yeah. like that. That's where we go. Yeah. And I wouldn't he follows up trade Evans plus maybe others maybe. I I would I would lean away on the Evans swap. If Godwin was healthy, I'd be more about that, but he's not healthy. So, like, I, right. I want to keep Evans. I think, yeah. and I think Godwin's situation is going to continue to linger. Like, that most could be, of the yeah, year. that could be like every it's other a new week. injury. Yeah. Like this yeah. hamstring is not what kept him out all offseason. Like, this was a new injury, right. and we're still saying he's probably being like rushed back a little bit from that ACL recovery. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I think that's a really astute point there, Travis, on the impact Godwin is likely to have. Gus, what up, my dude? Would you play Julio Jones or Chase Edmonds, Johnny? Probably, probably Chase Edmonds. So too, Chase Edmonds has the safer floor. In, yeah. In PPR, I play Edmonds. In in um in standard, where touchdowns are kings, I'd be going. I'd be going Julio Jones because I just yeah. those deep routes were exciting. So, and again, yeah, if they go run heavy, you could see a lot of run, 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 deep shot to Julio. And that could just right. make your day. So that's why in standard, I'd be about that. But I loved Edmonds' usage. He just needs to, if he continues to see more passing game work, he's going to be a smash in PPR this year. Yeah. The joke's on you, David Montgomery, Rashad Penny, Chase Claypool for flex in a 16 team. <laughs> the joke is on you. Yeah. There's with this flex. No, it's a 16 yeah. okay. team. I'm just giving yeah. you a hard time. <laughs> yeah. I, really, uh, I like Monty sure. this week. I do like Monty this week. I do too. Um, I like 
uh, I don't like him this week. I like Monty. I think that's the right call. But uh, trying to see what Chase Claypool turns into because they used him a lot as a runner in this new offensive scheme. So, like, if, if yeah. he can get some flashes of usage. I mean, his 10 touchdowns his rookie year, a few of those were rushing. So he's a, he's a playmaker. You got some uh, the jokes on you. Same question. The Joker. I think we're the hey, same question. Hey, coming in here. I was pick 16, Josh Allen. Jeff Wilson, Debo Samuel, Cortland Sutton, David Montgomery, Zach Ertz, Matt Prater, Chargers Defense, Bench, Cannon Gamewell, Irv Smith, Claypool, Jamal Williams, Penny. Pretty good. First 16 to yeah, yeah, go. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. We like Taysom Hill. So that's a sneaky yeah. pickup play. Yep. There we go. All right. Coming right here to the end of it. Oh, we got a uh, evening gents. Last question we got so far. What's up, Trey? Full point PPR, sit one. What up? What up? A Rob, Judy, Michael Thomas. Full point PPR, sit one. I like this. Yeah, sit one. Don't want to hear. Uh, I am Allen sitting Allen Robinson, unfortunately. God, this hurts me. Uh, I like Allen Robinson's matchup. Oh, no, fuck that, dude. I'm going Allen Robinson here. I'm not playing. Like, Judy. Judy's game was made on a broken play. Uh, and that's not to say it's not possible, but I'm I'm I believe in Sutton and I believe in Robinson. I'm trusting my priors. I go Allen Robinson and Michael yeah. Thomas here. And and you got to uh, so Houston plays more man when and then in man you should see more Sutton uh, be more involved. That's true. So yeah, yeah I would go with out, yeah yeah. So I would go with a Rob and Michael Thomas as well because I do think that there's going to be an overcorrection on the. Like, I do think they'll make it a point to get Allen Robinson the ball this week. Like, certainly with all the hoopla, how much they lost. better, like, probably. Like, that, yeah. that actually really can happen because he was that. open. It wasn't you, like he wasn't. You so gave like, a guy that th- people thought were dusted a lot of money in the offseason. Yeah. So you probably are trying to make that look right, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, right. So, I'm still and again, go- the Rams only scored 10 points, and it was all Cooper Cup. So I I think yeah. it, we're going to see a correction on the Rams. They're the highest favorite. Vegas thinks they're the highest favorite this week. So I, I'm in on Allen Robinson boom game. I, yeah. I just I really liked what I saw to Judy. I thought he looked really good. And he yeah, was, he, he definitely looked. Well, I mean, he, how he better did he look? Not on the high ankle from last year, Fuck, you know? Right? Like, yeah, yeah, like that. That is definitely right. The juxtaposition between the two. I was probably a little bit more wrong on Judy this offseason because of his bad play last year. You know, his bad bad play injured. But uh, I agree with you. But I, I'm going Allen Robinson's up upside here. Mm-hmm. Nemo, ladies, Hawk, Chubb, or Andrews, Hunt. Rest of season, Russ, Saquon, Hunt, Hines, Gainwell, Mason, Warren, Sutton, Gabe, Ara, Burks, Palmer, Kelsey, Andrews. All right, so the top, Hawk or Chubb? Hawk, Chubb, or Andrews, Hunt? I want Andrews, Hunt. Yeah. Um, I like Chubb. Was this standard? It's probably PPR. Everybody's playing PPR. So I, I would continue to roll with, I like Hunt. I think he's got a good, solid floor. And so you recover that, and then Chubb is... He's a touchdown dependent RB that plays on a team that subs in Hunt in the red zone. Like, come on, dude, give him the He's red zone. Touch- oh, who for Chubb? Yeah, for, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just Hunt saying, comes like, in, in the red area every yeah. time. Yeah, I just like, why well, do they, they do that? Chubb goal line carry. Yeah, they, Chubb is the yeah. only running Chubb back. In the, we we the say like, if you're not getting like the goal line work and you're not getting the pass catching work, you're like, and especially if you're not on a high volume offense, you don't want that running back. Chubb is the only exception. This guy gets you 120 rush yards all the time with yeah, like yeah. no targets, not the goal. And it's just like I will tell you that I think Chubb, I'm not as big on him coming into the year, and I'm not as big on him now. Like he's he's great. He's a fantastic runner, but for fantasy. But I do like a little bit of a trade for him around the playoffs. 
when Deshaun Watson could come back into this offense and this touchdown upside could go up. So keep that at your deadline as something maybe in your back pocket mm-hmm. if you're a contender. Like that. Chase him over Goder. Could use the upside. What up, Yaz? I mean, if I would if, go if Kamara's out, then yes, well, I would. We would have to hear it. something like from Jake Glazer or Schefter that tells me that Kamara's out and they're going to use yeah. Taysom as the backup running back. If we get enough of something like that, I don't know that I could go over Goddard because I have a similar situation. I picked up Taysom and I have Hawkinson. And I'm trying to play mm-hmm. this scenario that if Kamara goes out, maybe I play Taysom over Hawkinson. But I liked what I saw out of Goddard against Detroit. I think he's he's kind of secure in this offense as, as you know, Hertz has always liked him, uh, even if he is soaking up targets targets to um, – I mean – I don't know, and it's like it's not like Tampa I, I don't know if he said could, if he said if Josh yeah I guess the it would depend on your, how much you're down upside. yeah if he's saying could use the upside give me Taysom Hill because Taysom Hill legit has the not like that's the one thing that kind of has a lot of people are like oh he only played twenty percent of the snaps so twelve percent or twelve percent well yeah twelve percent of uh, yeah but twelve percent underneath a a shotgun. As a quarterback, I'll take that over 100% over the vast majority of tight ends because it's just a wasteland. So it's like, I don't give a shit if he plays 12 or 15. If he's playing 100% of those at the quarterback, fuck yeah, give me that. Like, I'll yeah, take that all, all day please. over over mm-hmm. Irv Smith or or Mike Jacecki or, you know, all these the tight ends that just like. Oh, yeah, but not I, Dallas Goddard. <laughs> like that. I, I we're talking about a guy who was on 92% of the snaps and he ran on like 80% of the routes. Like Dallas Goddard's a, a, a mid-round tight end that has a chance to be like top six. Like I, I'm still taking uh, – he had, he had three receptions, 60 yards. I would still take a 15% of of Taysom Hill as a quarterback to get you over six fantasy points. I think Goddard is a responsible pick, but this is fantasy football. So how much does responsibility really factor in when Taysom Hill really could be the right call in the fans? I think this is probably... Goder is the safer pick, 100%. Like, he is more likely to get you five fantasy points. If he's saying, yeah, he could use the upside, we could always use the upside. I'd like to know a little more context to that. Like, did you go up against Mike Williams and Justin Herbert and Eckler last night, you know? And how much are you projected to be down by now? And you really need the upside. Then, okay, yeah. Yeah, fuck it, go for it. Um, but you know, gets your touchdown. Yeah, because he, he did <laughs> oh, that, didn't he do that against the Rams or something? It, it so. could happen. It could happen. Yeah. Uh, Spective cat, thanks for joining oh, yeah. us. Yeah, asked in the Discord, but same question. God was dropped in my league. I got ninety three bucks left on my season fob. How much do you recommend I throw out to get him off of waivers? I'm gonna let you guys take this because I answered in the Discord, but I'm the guy who likes I, to blow as well. I don't know. I don't know what you said, but I would. I would. 30 i would like 30 minimum i'd be willing like this is a wide receiver when yeah sure he's coming off and or he's injured right now and like but i don't give a shit i don't have to draft him i'm just throwing out some fob and like the reality is when this guy's healthy he's a very valuable asset so one that you can he also has a name that's the other thing is like most guys you get off waivers you it's hard to trade them even because people are like oh you got him away but chris godwin's a name so it's like regardless even you can try to immediately flip him too in a package or something so to me that's why it's like more valuable i would be minimum 30 of my i'm i'm not going over 50 percent on this because there's a chip we, we talked about godwin's probably gonna have some lingering issues most of the year we talked about him coming back from the acl early he's already dealing with the hamstring 
we don't know if he's going to get to that optimal level. Maybe Julio kicks ass and, you know, it, it's, it's a more committee type approach. Um, because of the question marks there, like, do I, would I like to have Goblin on my team right now picking him off the waiver wire? Hell yeah, I would. But I'm also aware that season winning players can pop up further down the road. Guys that would be willing to drop a hundred wob on. Um, so for me, Gabe uh, Godwin is a guy who could be that, but it's a it's a coin toss for me if he's going to be that. So that's why I'm going to say max out at fifty percent, um, and just mm-hmm. to ride the percentage chances I think of Godwin coming through on this one. Look, they say that you can't take it with you when you die, you know. But my guys Johnny and Austin are like, when I die, I put my money in the grave because they they yeah. want to hold it tight. Well, I'm saying quick. I'm saying fuck that shit, dude. Chris Godwin has league winning upside and it's sitting on your waiver. Go spend yeah. the whole fucking wob on it. That's what oh, I would do. The whole wob. I said anything anywhere from 75 to 100. And the reason I say this mm-hmm. is like I have the same concerns as Austin. I'm not in on Godwin. I tossed around in the offseason. Uh, should we draft him? I don't know. And he's definitely a re-injury risk. But how many guys, like even Elijah Mitchell, True. who was maybe the best spend last year, does not have the ceiling that Godwin has in that offense. If What if Evans ends up being more banged up this year because he's already banged up? Julio. You know, like there are outs for Godwin to smash. And I think anything that you can get off the waiver for that amount, like that's a guarantee if he plays and he has yeah. to play. That's not a guarantee, but you know what I mean? I'm so I, I'm in on spending the uh, blowing the wall. I, I got no problem if you want to do that too. I got yeah. I got zero problems doing that because it's also like you sometimes get one lotto ticket to get a real difference maker on your squad, and like if you play in a in a ro- a rotation waiver system like a, a waiver wire priority and your team's kind of good, you never get a chance to snag right. one of these guys. So it's not like you even need WAP to be good all the whole season long. You get ahead of players. There's so I got I got no problem with that Gus asking if you was asking about Kelsey what'd you guys ask for for Kelsey a, a, a lot because like he looks yeah. good I'd want to get RB1 uh, yeah I'd want to get one of the top five wide receivers I think Devonte Adams maybe is one that is a realistic one you could maybe get back for Kelsey because yeah. you're not going to get Justin Jefferson right now you know yeah. like you're probably not going to get Jamar Chase after a big game Devonte Adams big game was big but he's he's still people still has hesitation in the new offense so maybe you could get Devonte Adams back that's something yeah. I would look that that tier Trey S appreciate the insight one more for y'all full point PPR start to a Rob ETN Kareem Hunt or Michael Thomas Drop not a Rob. I like Michael Thomas. Start two. I'd probably go ETN and oh no, I'd probably go Cream Hunt and Michael Thomas. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm, I go Michael yeah. Thomas, Cream Hunt. I think that's yeah, ETN at. nipping in there, but still third for me. A Rob fourth. Elijah Moore, Jeff Wilson, DJP, Flex PPR. Mm, I'm going. Uh, oh man, I am going Jeff Wilson and Elijah Moore. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. J-Rob, Melvin, Hines, RB2, PBR? Uh, J-Rob. Yeah. J-Rob, yep. I like Locked that too. Yeah. little extra context here. 40 more projected points from yeah, the opponent. Yeah, go with Taysom. Yeah, I would go with Taysom. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the upside sling. Yeah. <laughs> have Pittman. If I have to sit him, who should I start? Renfro or Julio? Pittman. If I would have to sit him, who would I start? Renfro. Julio. Julio, yeah. I like Julio. Yeah, I, I like the Julio. upside. I also am a little concerned about Renfro. I might have been off that Renfro is the man out and not Waller because Waller's. I think it'll good. switch back and forth. I, I do too, but 
Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'd have a little bit more faith confident. in Julio, especially yeah, no. you know if Evans is limited or something like that. So right, no disagreements on this side. Last question coming in from our boy Gus. I'd like an RB since my wide receivers are Diggs and Jefferson. Then yeah, so I mean, get a little one mix one. Yeah, like um, or Eckler's going to be how hard. low would you go? How low would you go um, on the RB trade? Like Fournette or Connor, maybe I wouldn't want Connor. Fournette's interesting. I'd like to see him get through this game healthy because he was a little bit gimpy at the end of the last game. But I think Fournette's around there. Maybe you could get Aaron Jones back. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, like I'd because he had a down game. Dillon. Even AJ Dillon. I mean, you could get plus with AJ Dillon, is why I throw out AJ. You Dillon. might be able to get plus with both of those, you know, Maybe. just based on yeah. Kelsey's name value. But true. Um, yeah, th- those are kind of the, the tier that I'd be looking at. Yeah, I wouldn't have to go any lower than that. Is Saquon back? Yes. Yes. Saquon's back unless he gets hurt again. He is here, though. <laughs> All right. Oh, Gus was clarifying. My running backs are AJ Dillon, Edmonds, Ramondre. I'd like an RB for Kelsey. That makes no. sense. Well, he already yeah. has AJ Dillon, so you can't trade for AJ <laughs> Dillon. But yeah. that's the tier you can kind yeah. of see. Oh, Fournette. Boy, Ron would be a man. Fournette would be a good one. I do like the Fournette. Yeah, in that in that space on there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Whisper Nation, another Friday show in the books. It has been an absolute joy getting to chop it up with you. You got more lineup questions. You can come to the Discord, get the community weighing in on those, as well as being on our Sunday lineup show. We're kicking that off at 8:30 a.m. Pacific time. Bright and early. Johnny, Travis, am I missing anything? No, man. Just enjoy the rest of your evening, everybody, and we can't wait to see you Sunday. All right, on behalf of Johnny Game Time, Hicks, Big Trav, and Moss and Sear, we are the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Right here. Look at you go. You made it to the end of another one of our videos. Hey, if you still have some questions, I totally understand. Or you just want to join an awesome fantasy football community, head on over to our Discord chat. Link is in the description below. And if you're still not sold on us, check out one of these videos. Don't you hear the whisper?